Jason Fox. I'm the compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to one month to operationalizing your compliance program. This month, I'm proud to announce a sponsor who will be with me all, all month. It is Oversight Systems. Recent developments at the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission have emphasized the operationalization of your corporate compliance program as the best defense to an FCPA enforcement action. It has also increased awareness that corporations need to evaluate and drive their compliance programs into the very fabric of their organizations. The best practices of an oper operationalized compliance program is set out in the release, recently released Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs. Oversight's automatic transaction monitoring solution, Insights on Demand for FCPA, operationalizes your compliance program. For more information, go to oversightsystems.com. Last month, the Department of Justice very quietly released a document entitled Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs on the Fraud Section website. The document is an 11-part list of questions which encapsulates, encapsulates the DOJ's most current thinking on what constitutes a best practices compli compliance program. Within the list are some 46 different questions that a chief compliance officer or compliance practitioner can use to benchmark a compliance program. In short, it is an incredibly valuable and most significantly useful resource for every compliance practitioner. The document has one clear theme that I will be exploring this month, that you must operationalize your compliance program. I hope you will join me for the month of March to learn how to operationalize your compliance program. Day six, risk assessments. The Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Program states, in the risk management process, what methodology has the company used to identify, analyze, and address the particular risks it faced? And two, under information gathering and analysis, what information or metrics has the company collected and used to help detect the type of misconduct in question? So today I want to continue my exploration of operationalizing your compliance program through the risk management process by focusing on risk assessments. One cannot really say enough about the role of risk assessments in compliance programs. Each time you hear a regulator talk about compliance programs, it always starts along the lines of something like, you cannot manage your FCPA risk without first determining what that risk is, and that process comes through forecasting risk assessment and risk-based monitoring. So yesterday in day five, we looked at forecasting. The differences between forecasting and risk assessment is that your risk assessment attempts to consider things which forecasting either did not reliably predict or those things which the forecasting models have raised as potential outcomes, which could be troubling, cri critical themes or issues. What you're trying to do then is decide how you would like to address these issues. Risk assessments will percolate to the top of the list of your risk registry. Items that are the most consequential for your organization, whatever it may be. As with forecasting, risk assessments apply to every organization. 
within the context of your anti-corruption compliance program, you're trying to make adjustments based on risks of the violation of law out in the marketplace. In a compliance forecast, third-party risk should be considered at the top of your ordinal list of risk, and you should consider a multitude of factors such as operating procedures, processes, systems, and training. Of course, the execution of that process is a key component as well. All of these things, to some degree, should appear in a risk assessment for a company. What happens at the corporate level if you change products or sell into a new geographic area, which is perceived to be more high risk? There should be a risk assessment node, which has a component that notes these changes so you can adapt as necessary. The risk assessment is designed to be able to, deliver, to elevate these things, and if something does happen, the next step would be to take the appropriate course of action to address those risks. Or, as the evaluation says, how has this information informed your compliance program going forward? Now I'd like to take an example that's really outside the world of, of corruption or anti-corruption compliance and utilize it to talk about not only the differences in forecasting and risk assessment, but how the process might work going forward. So this winter, when I began to start purchasing hot coffee products again from Starbucks, as opposed to cold drinks, when I buy uh, mo what I buy most of the year here in Texas, I discovered that baristas no longer put sleeves on coffee cups, but now require me to ask for a sleeve. The second time I was asked for a sleeve, I inquired from the barista why I had to do so. She only replied to me that corporate policy had changed for environmental reasons, and she could only provide a sleeve at the specific request of a customer. When I pointed out that this slowed down the pickup line and was much less efficient in delivery of Starbucks coffee, she replied, well, you're absolutely right, and I hate it. Would you please email Starbucks and tell them of your dissatisfaction? So this is the difference or the crux of the balance between forecasting and risk assessment. They're two very different things, but at the same time, they weave through together as they interchange. So Starbucks could potentially say, we forecast that customers are going to be more concerned about paper use sleeves and the economic cost to the world of paper and waste. We're going to, in certain locations, pilot a program where we do not give out sleeves unless they're asked for. In their risk assessment, which probably did not change from the forecast, then they should have a commensurate line to say, if consumers start to have a problem with this, what's our contingency plan to stop? If consumers start to have a problem with what's being done at these locations, the risk assessment should have countermeasures to the forecast to address this. And if they, the risk assessment does not, someone like Starbucks will have to wait until a Twitter feed blows up. Then the risk assessment should say, we will do the following. Really, you don't have a capability in a lot of cases to measure the effect and immediately course correct. It's going to take some time. But that's the difference between forecasting and a risk assessment and how you might utilize it going forward. So in the compliance context, you should consider 
certainly forecasting to move to a new country, a country of high perceived corruption risk or a product or sales model that will go into a high-risk purchaser. The risk assessment would indicate to you the management you need to put in place and the risk monitoring that we'll talk about tomorrow that you need to engage in to make sure that you do not have a compliance violation going forward. A risk assessment can help to inform your response to an FCPA violation the key is knowledge is power. Once you have assessed risks and determined there is a process that includes options to resolve and manage those risks, whatever that might be, you can decide the level of resources which you need to prioritize. There's always going to be latent risk, those which you understand, which you cannot chase forever. We need to make sure we've classified those correctly. With a better understanding of these, you're in a much better position to speak about the quality of your business and to prevent what might be a compliance issue from becoming a full-bore FCPA violation. So what are your three key takeaways? Number one, the evaluation puts renewed emphasis on risk assessment, but also the risk management process. Number two, risk, risk assessments logically follow and are complementary to forecasting. And number three, once you have assessed risk and determined a process includes options to resolve and manage risk, then you can decide the level of resources to prioritize to those risks. I'd like to thank you for joining me on day six, and I hope you will join me tomorrow on day seven of one month to operationalizing your compliance program. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to thank you very much for listening to today's episode of how to operationalize your compliance program. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you've listened to this podcast via iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us. It would help on our rankings and help get the word out about how to learn about operationalizing your compliance program in one month. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.